Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. I hope that you are all blessed today, and I hope that as Christians that you realize that you are blessed even though you might not feel like it. And that kind of deals with the passage of Scripture that we're going to be dealing with today. Just, um, you know, it deals with King David. You know, King David is a man who is probably, out of the Old Testament at least, more revered than any other person except for Moses. He is described as a man after God's own heart. He is a man who came up from basically nothing, who was appointed by God to be king over Israel because of Saul's failure. Before we get into that, I just want to say again that uh, whatever is going on in your lives, I pray that the Lord will give you um, the wisdom and other things that you need to handle it. There are some things going on in my life right now that are kind of not so great, but uh, you know, I have family that are sick with uh, cancer and you know people have died and so people are just kind of struggling with that and they don't know we don't know what's going to happen you know no, nobody knows nobody knows what's going to happen so i always pray that the lord would uh, give us the wisdom again wisdom and other things that we need to deal with whatever happens in our lives so we will be reading from Psalm 34. And David was going through some time, some tough times here. Um, he was basically in a valley, and that is what he talks about here. If you have a Bible on hand, turn to Psalm 34. We will start with verse 1. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. You know, it's hardest for us to rejoice when we are afflicted. It's not our natural, it's not our natural response to hardship to, to rejoice. That's not our natural response. But that is exactly what David says he will do and that not only would he rejoice but he would glory in the Lord that his praise will always be on his lips this is you know something that is hard for us to do when we let our emotions control our thinking of God we might be thinking God why is this happening God this is so bad you know this is horrible I'm not you know you emotionally you're not in a spot where you want to praise maybe but that is where faith comes in you know we have to remember that when we are in the valley that God is still God and he is the God of the valleys as well as the mountains he is still God verse 3 glorify the Lord with me let us exalt his name together I sought the Lord and he, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. 
Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. David had those with him who worshiped the Lord. He had fellowship with them, which is important when we are having a hard time. We need to stay connected with other believers, even if it's, you know, you know, even if you're, you know, if you're somebody who for some reason doesn't go to a uh, church, you know, an organized church, you know, find you somebody who is also a Christian and talk with them about what's going on. That way you can encourage each other, inspire each other. He says, let us exalt his name together. Again, that's basically saying have other Christians around you. David sought the Lord and was answered and was delivered from his fears. He will see to it that we are not ashamed and that when we are delivered, people will tell by looking at us. You know, we're not going to be walking around with our heads, you know, hung down. We're, you know, we're going to be saying, hey, look what the Lord did for me. And people will be able to see that. Verse 6. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He heard him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see what the Lord, t excuse me, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. To me, this is saying that God sees a poor person who is being attacked, you know, at, might be kind of like, you know, somebody out on the trail in the Old West, there you are. Um, they get uh, set about by bandits or highwaymen or whoever, you know, and uh, somebody comes along and sees, hey, these people are having problems, you know, and at that point, God pretty much pulls out his sword and drives away those who would threaten his own. You know, he sets up protection around those who fear him. To take, you know, and to taste what God has done after those people have been driven off is like having spoils of war, which has, which has been won. And so blessed are those of us who take refuge in him. Verse nine, fear the Lord, you his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You know, we as Christians are to fear the Lord, to recognize that he deserves to be the number one priority in our lives. When he, when he has that priority, he has our fear. If he has our fear, then he has our love. And when we have this attitude, we lack for nothing. We might not have the things we want, but we have the things we need. Verse 11. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. We are to grow in the we are to grow in the Lord if we wish to have a good life, and we are to avoid telling lies and other other things with our mouths. Verse fourteen: Turn from evil and do good; seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil to blot out their name from the earth. So when we turn from evil and pursue that which is of Christ, God's watchful eyes are on the righteous and he listens to our cries. The face of the Lord, however, is against those who do evil. I can't help but think that this means he has an angry countenance when dealing with the unbelievers. 
you know, as his judgment is already upon them. We see that in the, I believe it's in the Gospel of John, where we find John 3.16. It comes immediately right after that, I believe. Uh, Christians, too, experience some of this, but we do so as children, not unbelievers. So the judgment, if you want to call it that, or in this case, it's chastening. It's, it's chastening. You know, it's discipline for the believer. In the end, those who do not belong to God will be blotted out. They will be destroyed. We go to verse 17. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. The foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Again, we are told that the Lord hears the cry of the righteous. We are told this repeatedly here. He delivers us from all our troubles, you know, our real problems. He is close to the brokenhearted, to those, who, to those of us who have a crushed spirit. And I will say right here and now that this is even when we act like Peter when he denied Christ three times. You know, remember the story of Peter. Peter was a man who realized what he had done and wept bitterly. Jesus told him he was going to, to deny him three times. And Peter denied that he was going to deny him, but he did it anyway. And yet, what did Jesus do to Peter after the resurrection? Jesus made it a point that he wanted to see Peter. Peter was forgiven, and no doubt needed that meeting with Christ. His heart was broken, man. You know, he was having some, I imagine he was having some bad problems inside. He was crushed in spirit and of a contrite, you know, you know, he was sorry for what he had done, that he had failed. So Jesus reached out to Peter. Excuse me. Jesus reached out to Peter, just like it says here, that he is close to the brokenhearted and crushing spirit. And remember Job? Job had the weakness of self-righteousness, yet the Lord did not allow Satan to kill him. Most of what he had was taken from him, though. Job had many troubles, but when the Lord was done disciplining Job, he more than restored what had been lost. But those who refuse to follow the Lord will be destroyed. And, you know, in the end, by their own sins, they might not die physically as a result, but spiritually and truly, they are destroyed by them. They will be told to depart from Christ and be tormented in hell. But all who come to Christ for salvation will be saved. So the whole point of this psalm is that the Lord is close to those who are having problems, who are, who are brokenhearted. He's even close to the people who have failed him and, you know, like Peter did, like Peter and Job did. He is still your God, even in your valley. We might not feel it physically, you know, physiologically, emotionally or whatever. You know, we might be having some bad, we might be having problems to the point where we don't even want to get out of bed in the morning. But he still, regardless, even if you're feeling like that, he is still your God. And he knows what you're feeling. He is close to you even if you can't feel him. 
we can trust it because his word says so. I've been in the same spot before. I've been in the spot before where God had to speak to me repeatedly over a period of time and use his spirit to con to communicate with me and show me that I was basically okay. That is what he does to the people who are brokenhearted. He will not just leave you because you failed, you know, because you failed him and did something horrible. That's not the way Jesus Christ operates. He will discipline you, you know, but that discipline is tempered with his love and mercy. So he is close to the brokenhearted and, and crushing spirit. And I will end this here, as I always do. I want to say that I pray, Lord, if there's anybody here listening to this who is in need of salvation, I pray that your spirit would draw on them. And, if, you know, if you draw on them, I pray, Lord, that they would open their hearts and accept you as Savior, that you died for their sins. And, Lord, it's in Jesus Christ's name I pray this. Amen.